Listener Production. It's Antoinette Latouf here on Friday the 9th of September and, well, we knew this day was coming, but even though we knew it was coming, it's still a shock um, and incredibly sad to share the news that Queen Elizabeth II has died overnight. Buckingham Palace made the official announcement at 6.30pm British time. That's 3.30 this morning for us. Her Majesty was Britain's longest-serving monarch, uh, born in Mayfair, London, on April 21st, 1926. The Queen's died at Balmoral Castle in Scotland. Rihanna, as journos, we're in the business of news, and um, it's it's not often good news, but days like today, they're especially hard. Um, how are you feeling? A little emotional. Uh, I guess she's the only queen that I've ever known. And for most people, she will be the only queen uh, that they've known. I mean, she reigned for 70 years and 215 days. Um, and I was a bit shocked. And we knew this was coming. But when it does happen, you can't expect how you'll react to that. I mean, the palace did issue a press release earlier in the day saying that the Queen was resting following doctor's orders and was under observation. Other members of the royal family gathered at Balmoral and then a few hours later, another statement was issued to say the Queen had died. And it's certainly um, a very significant week, obviously, for the UK because her last official engagement was this week and that was receiving new Prime Minister Liz Truss at Balmoral. And here's what Liz Truss had to say outside of 10 Downing Street after the announcement. The death of Her Majesty the Queen is a huge shock to the nation and to the world. Queen Elizabeth II was the rock on which modern Britain was built. Our country has grown and flourished under her reign. She was the very spirit of Great Britain, and that spirit will endure. Earlier this year, the UK celebrated the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, and here's Her Majesty addressing the nation at her coronation. I am sure that this, my coronation, is not the symbol of a power and a splendour that are gone, but a declaration of our hopes for the future. And Prince William paying tribute to his grandmother earlier this year. They melt around her. And I've seen the strongest men just literally sort of become putty in their fingers. <laughs> um, all, they are all in awe of her. And that's the thing. I think the longer she's gone on for in her life and, and, and service, the more people have uh, warmed to her more. There's just so much love and um, uh, admiration for her around the world, particularly with world leaders, actually. So, Rihanna, this obviously is going to be de- uh, felt so deeply by countless people around the world and already hundreds have gathered at the front of Buckingham Palace to pay their respects to the late Queen Elizabeth because the thing is, irrespective of your political views or even as an Australian, whether you feel that um, it's time for us to consider becoming a republic, she was this one constant point in a rapidly changing world, even though you know British influence was declining and even though society has changed beyond re- recognition Um, And even though the role of the monarchy itself came into question, there was something, there was something comforting um, about her presence. There was something comforting about the fact that she was this, this constant and this true north for so many. 
former British Prime Minister um, Tony Blair described her as um, like the matriarch of the UK. Um, mm. That she had taken them through the war and up until this point, and that she held this very special place. And I mean, um, our Prime Minister Anthony Albanese released a statement saying, "This is a loss we all feel. For few have known a world without Queen Elizabeth II. In her seven remarkable decades on the throne, Her Majesty was a rare and reassuring constant amidst rapid change. Today marks the end of an era, the close of the Second Elizabethan Age." It's definitely the end of an era. Uh, so now Buckingham Palace begins what's called Operation Unicorn, um, given that the Queen died in Scotland. Um, and so, Rihanna, what's expected to happen over the next 10 days? Look, it's likely that her coffin will temporarily rest at Holyrood House um, before making its way to London with ceremonial processions planned in the capital as part of this 10-day funeral plan. Um, and she will lay in state for three days to allow the public to pay their last respects. Mm-hmm. The Ministry of Defence will arrange a gun salute to take place and a mm-hmm. national minute of silence will be expected to address the nation later today. And so the King um, has already released a short statement um, saying, we mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. Um, And King Charles III will be sworn in as the new sovereign tomorrow. And the Queen's coffin will be carried to Buckingham Palace the following day. Um, And in the coming days, King Charles will receive a motion of condolence at Westminster Hall and later start his tour of the United Kingdom as its new monarch. And the Queen's funeral is expected in 10 days under what's called Operation Lion. And that's when the Queen's coffin will be carried from Buckingham Palace to the Palace of Westminster. And a service will be held in Westminster Hall upon the coffin's arrival. Our very own Annika Smethurst is in London and was in Piccadilly when the announcement was made. And our executive producer, Dan Mullins, caught up with Annika just moments later. Annika, I imagine it's incredible scenes. The Queen has died. I can't believe one, I happened to be here on this day, we, we got off the aeroplane about midday and I did what most journalists do, I turned on Twitter uh, and there was a, you know, reports that a family was driving up, you know, flying up to uh, to see her and it, it didn't look good. But um, since then, obviously, the news has come out in the last 30 minutes that she has passed and uh, I was out for dinner with my husband. We haven't um, stopped in 30 hours because we just got on the, off a plane and uh, we walked down to Piccadilly, you know, but there's a big lights and, you know, screens and all of a sudden when we were down there, it switched from an ad for LG and Calvin Klein to this, you know, beautiful picture of, of Queen Elizabeth. And um, I wasn't the first time I was finding out. I'd, I'd seen it 20 minutes before, but there was people that had just seen it for the first time and they were in tears on the street and, and taking pictures. And there was this, this silence that came over the corner, which was quite incredible for anyone that knows London that would think an intersection like Piccadilly could, you know, have that lull come over it. And and what's it like now? Are the streets busy? Are are, are people getting home to friends and family to be with their loved ones on this extraordinary day? Look, I think they are. I I was sort of wondering. We were at a Otto Lingi restaurant (laughs) when it happened and I wondered, you know, what people would do. And um, it wasn't like, you know, all of a sudden there was announcements and church bells aren't ringing yet. But I think it's it's only been half an hour. Uh, People are gathering. It's all when you walk past people, all they're talking about. People are at, um, I'm sitting outside a pub right now and people are, hosting um, and everybody's on their phones. You know, I imagine that's like when there's a, you know, a, a disaster or something like this. Everybody's ringing their family and 
talking to them about what's just happened because she's been such a presence in, you know, the life of Britain. She was there for 14 prime ministers, I think. I'm not sure if Liz Truss is included or extra from that, you know, from Churchill all the way through. She's been such a presence, whether you're a Republican or a monarchist. It, it's just um, a huge loss for Britain. When you walked down to Piccadilly and saw the ads change from LG and Calvin Klein to a picture of the monarch, you know, and the Queen has dead. It's one of those moments you'll always remember where you were. I'm certain everyone will remember where they were when they learned that the Queen has died. What do you expect the Australian Parliament, you've been associated with the Parliament and, and politics for so long, do you see this now as a watershed moment, a water mark moment that Australia will move on and this could potentially be a very historic day in Australia's history? Look, I, I think there'll be a few ramifications from this. We've seen a statement come out from King Charles. You know, he's not King yet. He'll be sworn in, but he is King in any other way and he, he, he will be our King. We will no longer be. It's no longer God Save the Queen, uh, you know, the National Anthem and uh, here it, it, it is a King. Now, um, there's often been a thought in Australia that we wouldn't become a republic until the, the Queen had died and that moment has passed. And that was actually what Labor's Matt Thistlethwaite said. He has been, um, he's a minister for a republic and, and he has acknowledged that there was going to be no momentum for this by Queen Elizabeth's life. So that is, of course, um, one thought. That is obviously down the track. More immediately, we don't have an ambassador here at the moment. We did have John Brandis. His time came to an end. Um, he actually did offer to, to fill in um, until Labor had appointed someone. And instead, we we do have sort of like a fill-in. We have a lifelong diplomat, but we don't have, you know, um, I guess a proper, uh, a big known name to be, um, I guess, our head diplomat over here, which is an incredible situation to be in. And it was actually criticised that we didn't have somebody during that time for the Queen's Jubilee, let alone now. So the Governor-General has put out a statement. There will be a lot of Australians um, in different forms make their way over um, in the next week to be part of whatever celebrations and, and ceremonies and a funeral uh, in the coming days. But we've really left ourselves in a bit of a diplomatic black hole at the moment. That was Annika Smethurst in London chatting to our executive producer, Dan Mullins. Um, Rihanna, thanks so much. It's, it's, it's obviously a really hard day for many. It is. This obviously isn't an ordinary Friday. And as you know, here at The Briefing, we're part of the listener family. So today we have... a a different show for you. And although it's an almost impossible task to truly capture what our late Queen has done and meant for millions around the world over the past 70 years, we've done our best. So to the accidental Queen, the woman who was never actually meant to govern, but then became the longest reigning monarch in British history, may you rest in peace. Throughout all my life and with all my heart, I shall strive to be worthy of your trust. We are now celebrating the life and service of a very special person. Queen Elizabeth II has passed away aged 96. Her passing comes as no surprise to any of us but the impact will have a deep and lasting effect on people worldwide. For the majority of people the world over, Her Majesty is the only monarch we have ever known. An eternal figure, always of age, yet seemed immortal. None of us will live forever, but we need life to go on. 
We are doing this not for ourselves, but for our children and our children's children and those who will follow in their footsteps. The Queen, a shining light you could never imagine burning out. However, that moment in history is now here. The Queen of the United Kingdom was the longest lived and longest reigning British monarch and the first to celebrate a platinum wedding anniversary. A brand new engagement ring gracing the finger of his eldest daughter had prompted King George VI of England to announce to his loyal subjects that his daughter Elizabeth had indeed become betrothed to the handsome Prince Philip of Greece. Her husband, Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, died April 2021, just two months shy of his 100th birthday. In sickness and in health. In sickness and in health. Till death has to part. Till death has to part. Prince Philip was the longest serving constant of any British monarch and retired from royal duties in 2017, having completed more than 22,000 solo engagements. By trial and experience, I believe we have achieved a sensible division of labour and a good balance between our individual and joint interests. The Queen and Prince Philip, who were second cousins once removed, married in 1947. I pronounce that they be man and wife together. I think that the main lesson that we've learned is that tolerance is the one essential ingredient of any happy marriage. And uh, you can take it from me that the Queen has the quality of tolerance and abundance. He has quite simply been my strength and stay all these years. At the time of their wedding, the British economy was still rebuilding after the war. So the Queen needed ration coupons to buy the material used to make her wedding dress. The royal couple had four children, Prince Charles of Wales, Anne Princess Royal, Prince Andrew, Duke of York, and Princess Edward, Earl of Wessex. The Queen had eight grandchildren and 12 great-grandchildren. Her eldest son, Prince Charles, will now become King Charles, aged 73. Charles's eldest son, Prince William, is next in line for the throne, with William's oldest son, Prince George, third in line to the throne after his father and grandfather. Elizabeth became queen after her father George died at age 56 from complications after a lung operation. During these last months, the king walked with death as if death were a companion. In the end, death came as a friend. King George ascended to the throne in 1936, following his elder brother Edward abdicating to controversially marry the twice-divorced American socialite, Wallace Simpson. At the time, Elizabeth was aged only 25. However, her 21st birthday, while on a royal tour with her family in South Africa, Elizabeth had already dedicated her life to service of the Commonwealth on a radio broadcast. I declare before you all that my whole life whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. The Queen's coronation in Westminster Abbey on June 2nd, 1953 was the first time a royal coronation had been televised. Leaving her home on what must surely be the greatest day of her life, Queen Elizabeth drives to her coronation. The last and grandest symbol of all is the crown of St Edward. And the Archbishop gently sets this splendid emblem on the Queen's head. 
with a tongue. Once you put it on, you can't look down to read the speech because if you did, your neck would break. Comfortable, ma'am? No. So there are some disadvantages to crowns. But otherwise, they're quite important things. The Queen worked as a mechanic and military truck driver during World War II and through her reign, talked politics with British Prime Ministers and American Presidents. Mr President, I'm delighted to welcome you and Mrs Obama to London. As for Her Majesty, uh, you know, the Queen's been a source of inspiration for me. She is truly uh, one of my favourite people. The animal-loving monarch has also owned over 30 corgis since becoming Queen. Every dog is individually assigned a role and would obey her separately from the rest of the group. So she could call them forward one at a time. She had a string of Pembroke Welsh corgis with names including Whiskey, Sherry, Cider, Monty, Noble, Heather and Candy, with all the dogs having a gourmet chef preparing their meals. I thought I'd be cooking for kings and queens and presidents. Well, I mean, I did eventually, but one of the first jobs I had was cooking for the corgis, the royal corgis, making fresh food every day. Their own menu. The Queen also had a keen interest in breeding thoroughbred horses for racing. While she never took part in betting, horses owned by the Queen won over 1,600 races. A royal win in the Dole Cup! Estimate has done it! Estimate and Ryan Moore has won for Her Majesty the Queen! The Queen had not only been the global face of royalty for decades, she changed the way royals operate. On a 1970 tour of Australia and New Zealand, she pioneered the walkabout, where she would meet regular members of the public, not just politicians and officials. In herself, she is a very humble person. She has no huge opinion of herself or anything. I often draw strength from meeting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Her reign coincided with the British Empire transforming into the Commonwealth of Nations. When you think how young Queen was when suddenly to be required to take on such an enormous task. She was previously the first reigning monarch to visit Australia and New Zealand and was the most travelled head of state. She travelled to Australia over 15 times during her lifetime. Ship's siren sounding, which may be the cue that the royal party is getting close. Queen Elizabeth's impressive reign wasn't without its own dramas, which she managed to contain. That included an assassination attempt in 1981, where six shots were fired at the Queen, who was riding a horse at a public ceremony. Field Marshal His Royal Highness Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, Colonel of the Grenadier Guards. Hello, some little disturbance in the approach road. Commentators noted Her Majesty was highly composed during the situation and kept control of her horse. And she's a marvellous rider, so got a marvellous way with horses. Made of strong stuff. Only a few months later, during a royal visit to New Zealand, a 17-year-old man fired a shot that missed the Queen during a street parade. A teenager tried to shoot Britain's Queen Elizabeth. New Zealand's spy agency confirmed the assassination attempt. 17-year-old Christopher Lewis targeted the Queen during her visit to the southern city of Dunedin and made his shot as she got out of a vehicle. In 1982, an intruder broke into Buckingham Palace and made his way into the Queen's bedroom an incident recreated in the Netflix hit series, The Crown. Is there anything else you'd like to say to me? No, thank you. I do hope they don't make things too difficult for you in light of all this. If the 80s were challenging for the Queen, 
The 90s were so difficult, she put the phrase Annus Horribilis into pop culture. 1992 is not a year on which I shall look back with undiluted pleasure. It has turned out to be an Annus Horribilis. That year, a backlash was brewing after estimates of the Queen's private wealth started being reported in the press. The palace had to clarify they were exaggerated and many of the lucrative part of the royal collection, including real estate, art and jewels, are state assets. However, it did lead to the Queen starting to pay income tax. The most recent estimation of her personal fortune was at over $600 million. 1992 also saw three of her children end their marriages, creating even more bad press for the royal family. It's a, it's a mighty upheaval for both of us in terms of we've got to come to, to terms with the life as, as, as it will continue. First, Prince Andrew split with Sarah Ferguson. Then, Princess Anne divorced Captain Mark Phillips. But the year would end with the confirmation that the fairy tale marriage of Prince Charles and Princess Diana was over. Do you think Mrs Parker Bowles was a factor in the breakdown of your marriage? Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. <laughs> Following the tragic death of Diana in 1997, the Queen received pressure to break what she saw as protocol and address the nation, with her silence construed by some as cold and insensitive. Despite the outpouring of grief, Buckingham Palace had not flown a flag at half-mast and the royal family had not made a statement, which fueled beliefs the institution did not support Diana, who had called them out in the media. I don't think many people would want me to be queen, actually. When I say many people, I mean the establishment that I'm married into. Pressure from the British public saw the Queen make a live TV appearance the day before Diana's funeral. Now we go live to Buckingham Palace for a tribute from Her Majesty the Queen. The Queen humanised herself by discussing her feelings as a grandmother towards Diana's sons, William and Harry. So what I say to you now, as your Queen and as a grandmother, I say from my heart. I admired and respected her for her devotion to her two boys. In 2002, the Queen marked her golden jubilee, celebrating 50 years on the throne. It is right that the first major event to mark my golden jubilee this summer is here in the Palace of Westminster. The same year, her only sibling, Princess Margaret, died at the age of 71 after a stroke. Soon after, the Queen Mother died, aged 101. We gather in this great abbey to mourn and to give thanks. It was here that, as Queen Mother, she attended the coronation of her daughter. It is fitting, then, that a place that stood at the centre of her life should now be the place where we honour her passing. 2012 saw the Queen enjoy her Diamond Jubilee, representing 60 years in service. Your Majesty, congratulations on an incredible achievement. Thank you. Please welcome Her Majesty the Queen and the Royal Highnesses, the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall. Your Majesty, Mummy, how wonderful life is. That was also the year the Queen appeared in a comedic skit alongside Daniel Craig at the opening of the London Olympics. Good evening, Mr Bond. 
She would win a BAFTA award the next year for being the most memorable Bond girl of all time. Your Majesty, of all uh, of the many wondrous things you have given us across your extraordinary reign, your sensational appearance at the opening ceremony of last year's London Olympics was especially memorable. Presenting you with this honorary award on behalf of BAFTA. Always immensely popular with the public, the Queen seldom gave interviews, was deeply religious and never shared her political views. She was patron to over 600 charities and organisations and was estimated to have helped raise over $2.6 billion for her charities. Volunteers and supporters of the 600 charities of which I have been patron. Many of these organisations are modest in size, but inspire me with the work they do. The Queen also dealt with the so-called Megxit issue, where Prince Harry and his wife Meghan Markle requested to step back from their roles as senior members of the royal family in 2020. I need to do this for my family. This is not a surprise to anybody. It's really sad that it's got to this point, but I've got to do something for my own mental health, for my wife's, and for, for Archie's as well, because I could see where this was headed. While she rarely made personal statements about family issues, the Queen said while she would have preferred Harry and Meghan remain in the royal family, she respected and understood their wish to live a more independent life as a family and would not rely on public funds. She put up with all of us. That's quite an achievement, I think. The United Kingdom has prepared for the Queen's passing for many years, with a system in place known as Operation London Bridge. London Bridges Down was the phrase expected to be communicated to key personnel, including the British Prime Minister and head officers of the police and armed forces after her death. In the UK, all BBC newsreaders will be required to wear black on screen as a mark of respect. Comedies will be withdrawn from BBC TV until after the Queen's funeral. Flags will fly at half-mast across the UK and the country will start a mourning period, including two minutes of silence nationwide at midday of the day of her funeral. The Queen's body will be moved to Buckingham Palace and preparations will be made for the state funeral. The Archbishop of Canterbury will be in charge of funeral operations. The Queen's funeral and Charles' coronation will become national holidays and the London Stock Exchange will close on the day of the funeral. So while the world goes into mourning Queen Elizabeth, she will be remembered as more than the most famous royal of all time, but as a much-loved wife, mother, daughter, grandmother and great-grandmother. The Queen's trademark grace and poise never wavered and she never lost her passion for charity, her beloved animals or her family. Her devotion to the Crown and to the Commonwealth were unparalleled. But most of all, she loved her public as much as they loved her during her remarkable 70 years on the throne. What leaders do for their people today is government and politics. But what they do for the people of tomorrow, that is statesmanship. Rest in peace, Your Majesty. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, 
She is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Oh, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom. Let it be. And when the broken-hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer. Let it be. For though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer. Let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, oh, let it be. There will be an answer. Let it be, oh, let it be, let it be, let it be, oh, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom. Let it be. Let it be.